This is Michael Badgley, and you're listening to the Chargers Podcast Network. All right, guys, welcome into a special edition of Chargers Weekly as the team gets ready for Monday Night Football, Mexico City against the Kansas City Chiefs. Now joined on the line by the best information man in football, ESPN's Adam Schefter, who you can see on Monday Night Countdown, 3 p.m. Pacific. Adam, it's always a pleasure. How are you, sir? Thanks for having me, Chris. I appreciate the kind words. Mexico City, have you ever been? I have been. I actually was there back in August of 1998 for a Monday night game between the Denver Broncos and Miami Dolphins, a preseason matchup in which John Elway, the then Broncos quarterback, tore his triceps and there were doctors that speculated that he might never play again. But he did. He came back and they won the Super Bowl that year and that turned out to be the last year of his career. But I was there the night that Denver thought it's Super Bowl dreams had died. Oh, how about that? Well, Coach Lynn talked about that. I don't know if, if Coach was on the team that year. Was he? Was Coach Lynn on the team that year? I believe he was. I believe he was. Yeah, he, t- he talked about just being there for the entire week. And for the Chargers, this is the first time that they're going to be on Monday Night Football since week one of 2017. And this is a division game, Adam. It's in Mexico City. You got Phillip Rivers, Patrick Mahomes. And I think both teams would tell you they got to have this one. What's most intriguing to you about Monday night? Well, I just think of the fact that they should have played the game there last year, could have played the game, didn't. And so the people there get so excited about it. And the stadium's too large. The atmosphere is going to be so energetic. And I know the game has got AFC West implications all over it. And the Chargers are fighting to keep a lot of their season. And the Chiefs are trying to get their defense straightened out and turned around. But the fact of the matter is, the atmosphere that night is going to be electric. It's going to be like, a, I'm not joking, a Super Bowl in Mexico City. And so, to me, that's going to stand out. When I was there in August of 98 for the preseason game between the Dolphins and the Broncos, you would have thought that it was a playoff game. Mm. And that was for a preseason game. So, I would anticipate that the atmosphere there will be electric on Monday night, Chris. The field conditions at Estadio Azteca – Last year, obviously, the Rams and Chiefs, they couldn't play. What has been done to improve field conditions for this Monday, Adam? Well, they've worked on the field and they made sure that there was not going to be the type of slip-up that there was last year when basically there were concerts on the field before the game and, and, and soccer games on the field before the football game and all sorts of events that, that they've blocked out this year. So... We'll see. Uh, Again, they all say the field's in better shape, and uh, we'll give them the benefit of the doubt, and we'll see on Monday night for ourselves. Well, as we tape this, the Chargers are in Colorado Springs. They're practicing at Air Force Academy in an effort to adjust to the altitude. You lived in Colorado. You covered the Broncos for a number of years. How much do you think altitude could play a factor Monday, considering what Mexico City's 2,000 feet higher than Denver? Right. I think it's a factor. I really do. Listen, there are teams that came into Denver every year and struggled with that. And that's the reason that you are in Colorado Springs right now, Chris, so that your team right. can get acclimated to that. I mean, that's the reason that they're out there, so that it's not a shock to the system in the lungs on Monday night when they walk out to that field. So the Chargers are doing what they believe they need to. The Chiefs are back in Kansas City, so they don't obviously think it's a huge deal. Uh, I don't know if the altitude is enough to slow down the cheetah, but we'll find it on Monday night, I guess. <laughs> I don't think much is. Between him and Hardman, I, I think they'll be just fine in, in the altitude. Uh, Coach Lynn knows the state of Colorado pretty well, too, Adam. 
What was it yeah. like to cover him as a player versus now as a coach? Is it any different? Same kind of guy. Very serious, very intense, very professional, very smart. Always understood what it took to play the game. Yeah, he's just a consummate pro and always has been. I, I'm an Anthony Lynn fan. I think he, does a, he did a great job as a player. He made his mark. He might not have been the best running back, but he made sure he was a part of Super Bowl teams. I believe he won one Super Bowl in San Francisco and two in Denver. And that would be three rings for a guy who was a special team standout and a backup running back and managed to stick around and find himself in the right place at the right time. He just did a great – he's just always a pro like that. And I think the players, when you have a coach who played the game, who won Super Bowls, and I use this week as an example, he played in Denver, he played in Mexico City, that game you were referring to years back. He knows as a football player, it's going to be beneficial to come up here. And and I think there's something to be said about that, having a guy leading your team who's been there, done that. Well, he's a man's man. That's what he is. And he understands what it takes. And um, that's why he's got the team there. That's why he's the head coach. And that's why I think he'll continue to get the job done. Adam, I have to ask you about Joey Bosa because I don't think he has played better football than he has over the last four or five weeks or so. Around league circles, is he regarded as, as one of the best defensive players in football? Obviously, there's Aaron Donald. There, there's, there's a couple of guys you could have in that conversation. I feel like Joey is on the precipice of, of being maybe the best defender in the game. Well, the irony is, is that most of that attention seems to be going to his younger brother, Nick. That's right. Not as many people are talking <laughs> about right. Joey. And, you're, and, you know, here Joey's having arguably the best stretch of football of his career, and there's more attention given to Nick, which I don't think he cares about. Mm-hmm. But it's just a little bit ironic that it's happening. And I think people know what kind of football player he is. He's a tremendous football player and obviously will be a priority for the Chargers to re-sign during the offseason. That'll take a lot of money. Won't be easy. They've already been through one difficult negotiation with him. Uh, difficult negotiation two awaits. We'll see how that goes. But I think that they recognize how good he is, and he is one of the top players in all of football. Philip Rivers, his 18th career start on Monday night, and entering Week 11, he leads the NFL completions, attempts, passing yards. Knowing Adam that the Super Bowl ring obviously still eludes him, what do you appreciate most about what Philip has accomplished in his 17 seasons? the type of competitor that he is and just look at that quarterback class of 2004 Eli is goes out for the season and Phillips just keeps on going and going that's I think a testament to his toughness a testament to his durability a testament to his talent and just again a competitor out there people love going against him and, and, and being that we're taping this on Thursday Chris I hope you don't mind me saying also think he and his wife Tiffany have done a great job raising awareness and funds for Type 1 Diabetics on World Diabetes Day, yep. which is Thursday. Their, their son, Gunner, who I believe is 11 years old, has it. And they have made these hats and shirts and are raising awareness and funds and doing their part to, as they say, change the game. Tiffany sent me a video to post on Twitter, which I was honored to do. And I did that. And again, it is their effort to do their part to fight this insidious disease um, that affects their son, that affects my wife, that affects you. And so I applaud Philip and Tiffany and the Rivers family the way that they've tackled that challenge and that disease. And again, because of their work, with them, I have even more respect for the way that he's led himself. 
And Adam, I was going to get to that. It, it is fitting that I'm talking to you on, on World Diabetes Day. And you mentioned your, your wife, Sherry, who is an inspiration to so many type 1 diabetics. What does it mean to you personally this day, Adam? Well, honestly, as you know, Chris, when you live with this disease, every day is Diabetes Day. That's right. So I don't need any pronouncement to say it's World Diabetes Day. Maybe the rest of the world notices, and they, you know, they don't know as much about the disease or what it is to have type one diabetes or live with someone who's a type one diabetic. You know, it's a very challenging ordeal, as you know. Uh, you're type one. Yeah, it, it, it's a tough deal, and hopefully, uh, the more people are aware of it, talk about it, uh, contribute to it the more they will find a cure or better ways of life for type 1 diabetics like yourself and Gunnar Rivers and my wife, Sherry. Well said. Well, I appreciate all the stuff that you do for the type 1 community. A couple quick football ones before we get you out of here. Are you surprised by how the AFC West has looked entering week 11, Adam? What do you mean surprised by the way the division looks? I don't know. The records, the the, Chiefs are, the Chiefs yeah, well, are six and four. The Chargers are four and six. I, th- I think going into this year, I think yeah. expectations were probably higher for both teams. And now the Raiders, they have the Bengals and Jets on deck. They could be head of the division. Well, that's how football is. And every year, I think it's one of the reasons the league is as popular as it is because scenarios that you never would envision or imagine, they come to reality every year. And so you'd think, okay, no way anybody could beat the Chiefs, no way the Chargers could fall off, and lo and behold, both have happened, and no way the Raiders can make that much of a jump, and here they are, they have. Mm-hmm. And so it's just, it's just that's, that's how it works. It's not, I don't think it's that big a surprise. Final thing for you, what do you think could decide this one on Monday night? Obviously, this is a, uh, it's a neutral mm-hmm. environment, the altitude of two teams who know each other very well but have not seen each other yet in 2019 – and like I said at the top, both teams have to have this one, Adam. Yeah, well, listen, I think it's the usual issues in any game, Chris. It's turnovers, it's time of possession, uh, it's defensive integrity and not allowing the big play. And if, you know, one of those teams can do those kinds of things that are typical to every single football game. Uh, they'll have a better chance to win that. And it should be a great matchup on Monday night. I'm fired up to get there and go watch these two teams square off. It's going to be fun. I look forward to seeing you on Monday night, and you can catch Adam. Monday night countdown, 3 p.m. Pacific, before the Chiefs and Chargers in Mexico City. Adam Schefter, always gracious with your time, but I really appreciate it. Thank you, Chris. Have a great day. We'll see you in Mexico City. All right, guys. Well, the Chargers in Colorado Springs all week. You never know who you're going to run into. I just ran into Cooper Manning here. Fox Sports. Cooper, how are you, sir? I'm doing great. Just uh, flew in this morning and uh, excited to be it's a little different, you know, when you're interviewing a Charger to come to Colorado Springs. Uh, yeah, perfect spot. Normally, just be that trip to Los Angeles, but Colorado Springs, huh? I I've, I came here a long time ago with my family. We uh, I remember going to visit the Air Force Academy as a young guy, and came up to the Broadmoor. I think I was probably ten or eleven, so it's been a long time. It's good, good, good crisp air up here. Well, we'll get to what you're doing here, but the Cooper Manning Hour on Fox right. that has to be a ball for you, man. These, the good folks at Fox give me a lot of rope. Let's just say that. <laughs> they, um, they recognize that we have a little bit of a quirky uh, disposition here, and they feed us. And so we have a lot of fun. We do not take ourselves very seriously or seriously at all, and actually um, kind of like ending the segment with egg on our face. You know? <laughs> it's the way to do it. Yeah. It's, uh, it's been so far, I think we're undefeated in that department. We've never really looked good. So 
Um, What's been the most fun? The most fun is just seeing another side of these players. You know, you have such respect for them and what they do on the field, and then you get them in a little 30-minute window where they can kind of cut up. They can be mean to me. They can um, show off some of the talents they have outside of <laughs> football. And so we that's kind of the whole thing. I just I – just, um, just saw Keenan Allen and said, look, Keenan, today we're going to have fun. You can be as mean as you want to me, and that's the better off. You know? <laughs> that's I'll, what you're I'll asking come, for. I'll come at you, but you can just you can wear me out. Well, so. that's, a nice, that's a nice segue because Keenan Allen is, is going to be your, uh, your guest and very talented musically. Do you have any musical talent, Cooper? Oh, can't you tell just by looking at me? <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> Lead singer. You know, I've, I've tried several um, – I tried the guitar that lasted very limited amount of time, and then I got uh, kind of demoted to the uh, ukulele, which was um, trying. And then I just had a friend give me a harmonica, so you can kind of see the trajectory of my music career. So uh, I'm looking forward to learning a little bit about Keenan's talents today. From a football perspective, how much are you watching the game right now? I still watch it a lot. I mean, I, I'm. I'm um, I watch, it's kind of fun, I'm watching Friday night high school football, I'm watching, I love Saturday, I love college football, so any big game, and then I still, uh, I tune in to uh, the Giants and the Saints, usually yeah. on, on Sunday, so that's, uh, I'm pretty, I'm pretty into it. It's pretty cool to have a guy like Phillip Rivers, class of 2004, like Eli, played countless games against Peyton in the, in the AFC West, what do you appreciate about Philip and just what he's done over 17 seasons because you're in a family with two guys who have done the same thing. Yeah, I think more than anything, as you, you find out, it's just the accountability. I mean, being there week in and week out and showing up, that's, that's amazing. That's a feat in itself. And so, I think and, 219 straight games <coughs> I mean, on, on Monday night. And, I mean, he passed Peyton a few weeks ago. I mean, just the longevity of both those guys, incredible. And then just to, to do it the right way and to be and, and kind of continue to get better. I mean, he has got this knack for um, – you know, finding the open guy, waiting to the last split second, and you know he's got a little bit of a you know unorthodox mechanism to get it there, but it doesn't matter. You know, it doesn't does matter. matter. And he's a winner. And um, you know, I met um, Philip came down to our Manning Passing Academy right out of at his, I guess, going into his senior year at North Carolina State. So he came down. Oh wow! And we had a couple, you know, a couple college guys came down to be counselors a hundred years, and that thing's grown into a into a you know now we have 40 college players coming down but he came one of the first guys and just uh been a great guy ever since man so that was what year was that like 2003 2002 summer through eli and and philip and we had just maybe a handful of guys and now it's become like a i mean it's like getting into princeton everybody's trying to come down there and soak up the mojo and be with all the other great players so it's it's fun to Look around and kind of see the alumni status, and not not many from that 03 class are still uh, the, slinging it. There's there's hardly any, and you know, and, and you think about just you know, you blink, and we talk about guys like Philip and Eli and Peyton. We we have this new changing of the guard, I guess, if you will, and, and Patrick Mahomes, who the Chargers are going to see on Monday night. Just the way that quarterbacks have evolved, or not not so much evolved, but have change the the way the game is played you know what are your thoughts on just the quarterback playing the league today yeah I think it kind of it kind of goes you know up and down you have those little windows where you have a guy like Michael Vick coming in and making a big splash and then you have you know Donovan McNabb doing crazy things then you you know you look all along there's there's Peyton and Brady just sitting back in the pocket and kind of picking them apart so I think you know now we're seeing Lamar Jackson do some of the things that it just it reminds me that you know when Vick came out and you know beating the seam right there and his spin move and then um 
you know, there's just a bunch of different ways to win in this league. And that's I right. think that's that's the creative thing. I think the coaches are, um, you know, obviously wise enough to say, look, this this offense is not for everybody. We're, we're going to find what works for, for the right talent. And I think you're seeing it across the board in the NFL with some of the injuries and the new guys coming in saying, hey, I, this doesn't work for me. I don't, I'm not, you know. You look at in Pittsburgh tonight. I mean, some of the things that work for Roethlisberger are not necessarily going to work for the, that's right. the young guy from Oklahoma State. So. You got to adjust. You got to adapt. And, and and that's why it's the finest coaches in the world. Yep. Final thing for you, the the Cooper Manning hour kind of stood on its own, and now Peyton has a show. Peyton's yeah, places. It, do you feel like it's kind of intruded oh, a little bit? It's not uncommon to be <laughs> to be mimicked. You know, it's the ultimate form of flattery. It as far is. As I was you know, it's it's one thing. You know, it's the Cooper Manning Hour minus fifty eight minutes. So let's not. I don't want to get too ahead of myself. We're talking. We're in pretty. You were the conf- first, though. Yeah, I was the first, but we're in pretty confidential <laughs> negotiations about bumping this up to about two thirty, two forty five, which <laughs> I could expect got to be. You know, hundreds of tens dollars uh, coming my way, uh, but yeah, it's it's not uncommon for a younger brother to just to want to be like his older brother. So uh, I'm glad we have that still right where it is. Well, I'm hoping the Keenan feature goes to maybe three, maybe three minutes today. I, it, we're gonna see what you know, what kind of uh, what kind of skills he has uh, tick on the ivories. It's, it's gonna, gonna be, be fun. Look for that on Fox Sports. Cooper Manning, thanks so much for your time, man. It's good running into you. So much fun. Thanks All for right. having me. Take care. That was a lot of fun. Cooper Manning, thank you for joining me. Adam Schefter, thank you for joining me. And, of course, thanks to you guys for listening. We're going to have a bonus episode of Chargers Weekly on Friday, getting you ready for Chiefs Chargers down in Mexico City. In the meantime, Playmakers with MJ Acosta and Haley Elwood. It's posted on the Chargers Podcast Network. Check it out. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Until next time, I'm Chris Harry.